Welcome to Corazon Technologies, home of the Digital Executive Podcast. Welcome to the Digital Executive. Today's guest is Guy Proper. Guy Proper is the team leader of threat intelligence at Deep Instinct. With a wealth of experience in the cybersecurity world, Guy is a leader in the field. For several years, he was part of an elite technological operation unit in the intelligence department of the Israeli Defense Force. And he holds a Bachelor of Science in Biology and Cognitive Science from the Hebrew University in Jerusalem. Well, good afternoon, Guy. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Brian. Uh, good morning to you. Thanks for taking the time to be on the show. Guy, like several of our guests, your career started out in the military. And again, thank you for your service. Just as many have turned to what they were trained in in the military, right, and taken that experience into the civilian workplace, has the career in cybersecurity been rewarding for you? And what excites you about it? That's an interesting question. I'd, I'd first like to start with a small clarification about the military. In, in Israel, military service is mandatory, and everyone serves two years or more in the military, and I served for a bit more than four years. And I was very lucky to um, be in a position that was cybersecurity oriented and helped me gain lots of valuable experience. And since leaving the military, I stayed in pretty much the same field. And I find cybersecurity to be very interesting, mainly because of how fast it evolves. It evolved more, like faster and wider in the past several years. We can see this mostly around the fact that many people know what malware is now. I think malware is pretty much a household term. And this wasn't the case five or ten years ago and we can see the evolution in the attacking side and in the defensive side as well it's been very quick and, and very exciting and, and for me very interesting to see all of these uh, new techniques and new changes coming in and that's what i find the most interesting thank you for sharing that i really appreciate that and it's great that you spent that much time in the military. I think that probably gave you some more insight to some of the threats that you see. I actually worked in the intelligence field as well when I was in the service. So saw things that not your everyday civilians would be able to have access to. So thanks for sharing that. I really do appreciate it. Oh, no problem. Guy, with the current pandemic going on globally, what has been your focus around cybersecurity? And did you have to make any shifts in looking at threats or other activity? To first, to answer your question, my answer would be yes and no. I'll start with a yes. People have been transitioning to work from home and it was done really quickly in most cases. You know, you couldn't prepare in advance as much as organizations would have probably liked to do it. And since users move to work from home, that can open up different avenues of attack for attackers. For example, uh, people might be working from their home computers and not their company laptops, which can be a big difference because there's not as many uh, security programs installed on their home computers, not much monitoring going on. Also, they've probably had to use VPN programs to uh, connect to their corporate network. And then uh, the VPN by itself could be fine, but if they didn't have a VPN installed prior to working from home, they could there were lots of malicious actors who were uh, using this to uh, try and lure users to install fake VPN programs and then, you know, get the VPN and also a malware bundled together with it. Another main avenue of attack is untrusted Wi-Fi connections, which probably lots of users were forced to uh, connect to since they were no longer working from their office. And then this can also be manipulated and attacked. And then connecting to an untrusted Wi-Fi network can, in some cases, get malware on your, on your computer. 
longer? So that's the yes part of the question. The no is that apart from the things that I mentioned, there hasn't really been a shift in threats. The main malware campaigns have stayed. They are still the main malware campaigns attacking uh, users. They didn't really change the programs that they use or their infection routine. The main thing that they did change is that they are now using things that are centered around COVID-19 to try and increase their chances of uh, successful attack, meaning they could send documents or websites that are themed like COVID-19 themed to try and get users to open the document or to click the website and then increase their chances of uh, successful infection. Apart from doing that, the malware that they try to install is the same that they tried to install before the pandemic. There hasn't been a shift in threats in that sense, really. There is actually one interesting thing that I personally find funny is that I think this is the first known case of biological virus, which is in a way spreading a computer virus because attackers are using the fact that we have a biological virus causing a pandemic to spread their own malware. That is interesting. I, in fact, just recently wrote a piece on biomimicry where viruses, a form of biomimicry, and I think down the road, might be 50 years, might be 100 years from now, but the biological aspect of humans and computers may be able to potentially pass a virus. So I, we're seeing that now with medical equipment. So it's just yes. something interesting for sure. Thank you for sharing that, Guy. I appreciate that. I always talk about data being in technology, right? Data is ultimately the new gold. People are after data more than they are after money, it seems, especially if you're working as a hacker, right? What data is most sought after? Well, I can speak, you know, based on my experience, cybersecurity and threat intelligence. From our point of view, we are mainly interested in uncovering malware trends. And then the data that will be most interesting for us as defensive uh, teams is to understand what campaigns are attacking users, how many users are they attacking and, and where. Are these campaigns changing over time, meaning maybe they targeted a specific group of users or used a specific tool and then decided to move on to a different tool? Maybe their geographic targeting differs over time. So that's one example. And then it can help you, this data can help you to see how you can defend against these campaigns. Meaning, do you have to develop anything new to, uh, to defend against them? Or can you maybe predict the next change based on the previous changes that you are seeing? If I had to speak on the, from the eyes of the hackers, then obviously the data that they are after is personal data. They can find mostly user credentials, which can help them break into companies to break into user emails and impersonate them. And then either infect more users or make their infections much more powerful in the sense that if they find company passwords and they know how how to go into these companies and which areas of the company they would like to attack. Uh, we're seeing this actually with some ransomware groups that their attacks are really, really targeted. And before they attack, they have a collection stage where they collect private data on these, on users or on companies, and then they can get to the, where most of the data is saved and make sure the company is seriously hurt. Yeah, we're seeing a lot of that more and more every day. So I appreciate you sharing that. You know, our audiences, you know, they're not all versed in security. So I know that they would be very appreciative of the information you're sharing on, on this and how they're going about stealing the data. So Guy, can you share with our audience what sets your product, Deep Instinct, your particular product, Deep Instinct is your organization, but what's your product? What sets it apart from the rest of your competition? Is it the machine learning? Is it reporting? Is it response? I know you can't give us proprietary information about your product, but could you give us something that sets you apart from your competition? 
Sure. First, I'd like to make a small clarification. Our product is based on, on deep learning, not machine learning. Okay. The two are similar, but they're also very different because yep. I, I'm not going to go into, into lots of detail here, but the main difference is that in deep learning, I'll try and make this a, a simple explanation. The most interesting features that your deep learning model knows to focus on, they are chosen by the model itself. Unlike in machine learning, where you have to have some manual work, you have to have a cyber expert to choose the interesting features and tell the machine learning model to focus on these features. This has two advantages. It takes, it takes out the need for a cyber expert to choose the features. That's the first thing. And the second thing is that since you don't need someone to choose things that he already knows, then uh, this technology can find things that we don't know are interesting and then have a much wider, much wider predictive capability and much better defensive capability. So that's the first thing that differentiates us. And I think the second main thing is that our product is prevention-based, meaning that when it identifies a threat, then it prevents it from running. It doesn't report on it or it doesn't detect it. There are many products that are based on detection, and then they tell you that they found a threat, but then you as, as an organization have to uh, perform additional actions in order to uh, contain this threat and stop it from running. In our case, we take out the step since our product prevents the threat before it can run, and then it saves lots of damage and lots of time. And also, any organization that has our product doesn't need to have cyber experts either employed by us and used by them or employed by them. It saves lots of resources. One more thing that I'd like to say is I've been in the company for relative to the high-tech industry. I've been here for a relatively long time, around four years, and the company is just a bit more than five years old. And when I joined, I didn't know the technology that well. But since then, I've uh, honestly been pretty amazed at how good the uh, technology is and how good its predictive capabilities are. And since I have been working with it as part of my position, then I know it pretty well by now. And it's just sometimes it's very impressive how good it can be and how well it covers threats. Thank you for sharing, guys. That is impressive. And I appreciate the clarification around deep learning versus machine learning. That is very important, obviously, that clarification. So thank you. Just kind of to wrap up, as you know, this is the digital executive where our podcasts are about 10 minutes long. Could you share something briefly from your career experience that would be helpful for new security specialists breaking into this field? I think the main thing I would say is that cybersecurity is, personally for me, it's very interesting and it's very, very fast changing. So I think if you're working in that industry, you should both embrace the quick changes that are happening in it and also you should be ready to learn new things quickly to uh, cope with the change. That's probably the main thing I would say for anyone interested in working in the industry. I certainly appreciate that. And I've had several security experts and, and chief information security officers on this podcast. And there's a lot of the same sentiments that are shared about that question. So I appreciate that. Guy, I just want to personally thank you. It was a pleasure having you on the show today. And I look forward to speaking with you soon. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure for me as well.